go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain our jesus christ is born you're listening to outside the walls with timothy putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas day. I know I did. Got a great show for you today. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, our Jesus Christ is born. Our Jesus Christ is born. Our Jesus Christ is born. He came here to earth. God became man, like us in every way except in sin. Christmas is inextricably linked with the Paschal mystery, but we'll get there. We've got time to get there. Right now, we're just getting off of Christmas. Uh, The wise men haven't even come yet. We haven't reached Epiphany. By the way, uh, if you grew up like I did, uh, because I grew up Protestant, we always took the tree down right after Christmas and... and, um, And we still do that here. It's just that we have Christmas a little bit longer than we did when I was growing up because uh, we are still in the octave of Christmas. So it's still major feast time. Uh, Yay, you don't have to um, start that diet yet, right? We're still in the Christmas feast through uh, January 1st is the octave of Christmas. But Christmas actually goes, as the song says, for 12 days, the 12 days of Christmas. So Christmas goes all the way until January 6th, which is Epiphany. Now, of course, we're in America, so we move Epiphany off of that day to, to the next Sunday. But uh, stand firm, be strong. Uh, January 6th is Epiphany. Uh, and so the 7th, you can take down your tree and all your decorations on January 7th. That also means that you don't have to start your New Year's resolution diet until the 7th. So that's another reason to celebrate uh, Christmas a little bit longer than maybe you're used to. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky because, you know, our culture starts that Christmas rush October 31st. We've talked about that here in previous weeks. In fact, all of our previous weeks are podcast. You can get to them on stmichaelradio.com. That's stmichaelradio.com. You go up to the top corner. There's a button for the blog. You drop down a menu to Outside the Walls, and all of our previous episodes are there. You can listen to them, uh, share them with your friends, or just catch up for yourself. Uh, See what you may have missed. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about this idea of Christmas being co-opted by the materialistic culture. Uh, And they start that on October 31st. And so you've got radio stations that are playing Christmas music from Halloween night, right? Uh, And they, they, they start really early, but then they stop the day after Christmas. No more Christmas music, no more anything. And so there's the sense of, oh, well, Christmas is over. Now we can look for the next uh, money-making holiday, which uh, is Valentine's Day, of course. Uh, And so the Valentine's candy will come out, even though if you were to buy that Valentine's candy on December 26th when it came out, uh, then it's going to be stale by the time you get there. So don't do that, right? Refrain. But what I want you to do is to celebrate Christmas a little bit longer. Don't stop playing the Christmas music. But 
you know, you can quit playing Winter Wonderland and things like that, but pull out those beautiful carols, uh, the Coventry Carol, the Wexford Carol, What Child Is This? All of these songs that have so much theology just wrapped up in them, uh, you can find just any number of good CDs. In fact, I put up on uh, on stmichaelradio.com, that's stmichaelradio.com, if you go to my blog there, under the blog section, outside the walls, uh, I put up some of my favorite Christmas music. And so you can do the same thing. Why don't you go uh, and look at that blog post? Uh, I've got links to all of my, uh, all of the, the music that made my list. Uh, you can buy it on iTunes. And then also, I want you to tell me what some of your favorite Christmas music is. I've got that link right there uh, for you to comment and tell me in the comment section. Uh, what are those songs? What are those albums that without those albums, it, it just wouldn't be Christmas? You know the ones I'm talking about. It, for me, there's a lot of Christmas brass. Oh, I love Christmas brass. Uh, I love rich carols. Uh, I love choral uh, music and there's specific ones that really make Christmas for me. And so this is the time during these uh, 12 days of Christmas to really immerse yourself in those theological songs. And they're not stuffy at all. They're beautiful songs with, with deep, rich meanings. So I encourage you, go to the blog, stmichaelradio.com, uh, under the blog section, outside the walls, and go to that uh, that music. It says, I Love Christmas Music is the name of the post. Uh, and then interact there. Maybe you'll find some stuff you hadn't known before, and you can give me some things that I haven't seen before. Uh, so I look forward to, to seeing what your favorite Christmas music is there. Uh, now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about giving away a Matthew Kelly CD and uh, another Christmas album from Elliot Morris. Uh, now's the time to do that. And uh, so a couple of you did go on there and you signed up and you uh, you told me what your favorite Christmas memory was. And I promised that I would read the winner on the air. So here we go. The winner of those two CDs is Julie Brennan. And she said her favorite Christmas memory, one Christmas when she was six or seven, their electricity went out and their whole family slept in the living room by the fireplace together to stay warm. She said she used her new Raggedy Ann doll as her pillow, and her grandmother slept in a chair right beside her. They had bologna sandwiches because the stove was electric, and the turkey didn't finish cooking. <laughs> but they were all together, warm and thankful. So that's Julie Brennan. That's her favorite Christmas memory. I really appreciate that she came on to uh, our social media at facebook.com slash step outside the walls, or on Twitter, our handle is at outside the walls, and she signed up for that uh uh, that drawing and and has won that uh, that drawing. So uh, we'll get those CDs out to her real soon. Uh, but we have another drawing going on right now. Uh, last week, we interviewed Sister Teresa Alethea Noble from the Daughters of St. Paul. And we have a couple of copies of her book, uh, The Prodigal You Love, that we are giving away. So if you go to our Facebook, again, facebook.com slash step outside the walls, uh, you can see right up there at the top, there's a tab for that book giveaway. And you just follow the directions. It'll tell you what you need to do to uh, to sign up for that. And I look forward to giving away a couple of books. Well, before we get any further into the show, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almighty and invisible God, who dispersed the darkness of this world by the coming of your light, look, we pray, with serene countenance upon us 
that we may acclaim with fitting praise the greatness of the nativity of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That collect today uh, brings to mind the end of Luke chapter 1, around verses 77 uh, through the end. And it's where Zechariah is prophesying over his son, John the Baptist. And he says this, And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, when the day shall dawn upon us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Oh, what a beautiful picture of the incarnation of Christ. So, uh, that was that was for free. I wasn't planning on doing that part. Uh, and uh, it's because of this beautiful program I have called Verbum, verbum.com, that I can do things on the fly like that. Verbum allows me to study scripture within the mind of the church. So on any given passage, I can see where the fathers and the doctors of the church, where the church documents throughout history, uh, have referenced that portion of scripture. And it lets me really dig down deep into uh, the richness of our faith. I'm really grateful for the Verbum product uh, and for all the people out at Verbum, chiefly David Walker, who's a good friend of mine, went to seminary with me uh, and is the godfather of my youngest daughter. And, uh, you know, without Dave and without uh, Verbum, this would be a much more boring show. So if you think that it's boring now, just remember that without their help, it would be worse. <laughs> so uh, that's not at all what I was planning on talking about. I wanted to tell you one of my favorite Christmas memories because I asked you to tell me your favorite Christmas memories. And this is a tradition, uh, surprisingly from me, that it has nothing to do with food. Now, growing up, uh, when we went to bed on Christmas Eve, our parents put a bell by our bed. And I didn't know anything different. I mean, from the time that I was old enough to recognize what a bell was, I had a bell beside my bed. And the way that things worked is that as soon as you woke up, and hopefully at a reasonable time, but I don't know if that's the case or not, as soon as you woke up, whether you were the first one to wake up or not, you would get your bell and you would go to the room of the next child, one of my siblings, and, and you would ring the bell to wake them up. And then, of course, now there's two people awake, and so they go and take their two bells to the next brother's room, and they ring those bells to wake up that brother. And then, of course, all three of you would take your bells, and you would go and stand outside mom and dad's room and ring the bells, and they would wake up, and they would come to the door, and they would dad would go and chase Santa out of the living room. Uh, what he was really doing was he was setting up the video camera so he could catch our expressions when we came into uh, into the, the main living room to see the tree and the, the presents under the tree and the stockings. So I just thought it was a cool way to wake up, right? Uh, you know, hey, you get to ring a bell. You, you get to wake up whenever you wake up and you get to ring a bell and wake everybody else up. Well, I found out as an adult that it was a scheme, it's a scheme that I have adopted for my own kids. It's a scheme because what you do is you give all the kids bells. And then the first kid wakes up and you hear one bell, just one. 
and then two bells. Of course, they're whispering loudly, but whispering and giggling. And then they go and they wake up the next sibling. And soon you have all these bells and they come to your door and ring the bells. So what you have is a very slow, gentle wake up time. And they don't go and run downstairs and see all the gifts before you're there to be with them. So you get to see the look of excitement on their face when they first see all the gifts. So it's really a really smart scheme. It's especially helpful because we have a hard time getting up on Christmas morning. We go to midnight mass and uh, yes, we have five children under the age of seven and they were all planned at least 10 minutes in advance. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we take all of these very small children to midnight mass uh, and so we are pretty wiped out on Christmas morning. Uh, and so it's just uh, this year we, we drove out to, uh, to Colorado Springs uh, to be with Kristen's family. Beautiful out there. Uh, but now it's just a long drive. You know, you, you drive 11 hours out there and then three days later you drive 11 hours back and, and here we are. Hoy. But we made it and... Uh, that's part of what Christmas is, right? It's being with family. It's giving the kids as many good memories as you can of time together as a family engaged in the faith. And so that's what we do. We, uh, we stay up really late. Uh, this year we did, uh, we did two masses on Christmas Eve because the kids were all in kids' choir. And so we, we got them all ready and they went to kids' choir and did their thing there. And then when we get home, we do my wife's favorite meal. And if you listen to Thanksgiving, you remember that I have no problem with this meal because it means I get to keep my Thanksgiving meal. So the Christmas Eve meal is uh, gourmet cheeses and crackers and sausages and shrimp cocktail and other little finger food things. Uh, and Kristen just loves that stuff. And so then we put the kids to bed and we wake them up in the middle of the night to go to midnight mass. And then we sleep for a very little bit of time, wake up, open our presents, and then we get in the car and we drive for 12 hours because we love our family, right? When we come back, we'll do our readings for the day and read a beautiful homily by St. Bernard of Clairvaux. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. God's telling on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. Our Jesus Christ is born. Our Jesus Christ is born. Our Jesus Christ is born. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.
Man, if I could, I would have Christmas music year-round as my bumper. Uh, But, alas, we don't have all that much time left to play our Christmas music in the bumpers, so I'm going to make use of it by playing extra-long bumpers, because it's my show, and I can do what I want, for the most part. (laughs) And in case you're wondering what a bumper is, it's not just the thing that goes on the front of your car to protect you in an accident. Uh, so a bumper bumper music is that stuff at the beginning of the show and at commercial breaks. So that's uh, Radio 101 for you. So let's uh, let's get to more serious things, shall we? Today's readings from the Mass. Of course, every every Monday we read the readings of the day. Uh, the Catholic Church has a lectionary that has selected readings every day, and if you were to read just these 15 minutes worth, sometimes even less than that, five to 15 minutes worth of readings every day for three years, you would get through about 80% of the scriptures. And some of the more important ones uh, to our theology are repeated more than one time. Uh, But it's just a beautiful way to get more scripture into your life. And of course, St. Jerome is credited as saying, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. As we seek to live lives that are closer to God, as we seek to be in closer relationship to God, one of the primary ways that we can do that is through reading Scripture. In fact, the Catechism of the Catholic Church has this to say about sacred Scripture, beginning in paragraph 101. In order to reveal himself to men in the condescension of his goodness, God speaks to them in human words. Quote, Indeed, the words of God expressed in the words of men are in every way like human language, just as the word of the Eternal Father, when he took on himself the flesh of human weakness, became like men. Through all the words of sacred scripture, God speaks only one single word, his one utterance in whom he expresses himself completely. You recall that one and the same word of God extends throughout scripture, that it is one and the same utterance that resounds in the mouths of all the sacred writers, since he who was in the beginning God, with God, has no need of separate syllables, for he is not subject to time. For this reason, the church has always venerated the scriptures as she venerates the Lord's body. She never ceases to present to the faithful the bread of life taken from the one table of God's word and Christ's body. In sacred scripture, the church constantly finds her nourishment and her strength, For she welcomes it, not as human word, but as what it really is, the word of God. In the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven comes lovingly to meet his children and talks with them. That's, again, uh, paragraphs 101 through 104 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And so we see that the Church really encourages us to go and study Scripture. There's a much longer section of the Catechism dedicated to sacred scripture. So I encourage you to take some time and look that up. number of ways you can do that, you can get your own copy of the Catechism at Catholic Book and Gift, one of our sponsors here. Uh, You can also go online. I think that they've got it at the USCCB website. I know that it's available on the Vatican website. And then the one I use uh, is on scborromeo.org. That's the website for St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Picayune, Mississippi, and they've got it there available, and I I like the format there. Uh, It's the same thing that you'll find on the Vatican website. It just doesn't have the parchment background, which is kind of hard to read on sometimes. So 
That being said, that's your homework this week. Go find that paragraph on sacred scripture in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You might even just write in Google, Scripture CCC, which uh, is Catechism of the Catholic Church. And the results should pop up pretty quickly there in the first one or two re uh, returns. Uh, and you can click on that and read through that, that beautiful passage on Scripture. And you'll get a whole lot more out of reading it than you will out of just hearing it. Because there are little things in there, like uh, at the beginning where it says, Indeed, the words of God, lowercase words, expressed in the words of men, lowercase words, are in every way like human language, just as the word, capital W, of the Eternal Father, when he, Christ, himself took on the flesh of human weakness, became like men. Through all the words, lowercase of Scripture, God speaks only one single word, capital, which is Christ. And I love how they put this, his one utterance, in whom he expresses himself completely. And so there are little things back and forth there just by capitalization that lets you know whether or not they're talking just about the written word or the incarnate word. I really encourage you to go and read that section of the Catechism. But today's readings come from the fifth day of the octave of Christmas. Our first reading comes from the book of 1 John, and we read this. Beloved, the way we may be sure that we know Jesus is to keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, the love of God is truly perfected in him. This is the way we may know that we are in union with him. Whoever claims to abide in him ought to walk just as he walked. Beloved, I am writing no new commandment to you, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And yet, I do write a new commandment to you, which holds true in him and among you. For the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light, yet hates his brother, is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother remains in the light, and there is nothing in him to cause a fall. Whoever hates his brother is in darkness. He walks in darkness and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. That's a reading from the book of 1 John, chapter 2. The responsorial psalm today comes from Psalm 96. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among the peoples, his wondrous deeds. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. The Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty go before him. Praise and grandeur are in his sanctuary. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Again, that's a responsorial psalm from Psalm 96. And today's gospel comes from Luke 2. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
in accordance with the dictate and the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. There are a couple of connections between our first reading today and the third reading. Uh, the first, of course, is probably the easiest to see, and that's the, the image of light. So in the first reading, we see that uh, the, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. And whoever says he's in the light yet hates his brother is still in darkness. And whoever loves his brother remains in the light. And so uh, first we have this personification that the light is Christ, because if we are remaining in Christ, we are in the light. And if we are avoiding and ignoring the commands of Christ, then we are not in the light. And in our gospel, when Simeon sees Christ coming into the temple to be consecrated, he says, Lord, let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. The second connection is a little bit more vague, and it comes where Mary is told that a sword will pierce her own soul too. And in the first reading, we're told that whoever claims to abide in Christ ought to walk just as he walked. Now, of course, Mary experienced that pain a little bit more poignantly than any of us can because she carried Christ. She had a, a different relationship with Christ than we ever can. However, when we walk as Christ walked, we have to expect the same treatment that Christ got. And so as we love as Christ loved, we can't expect any less than what Christ received. When Christ loved the world, the world crucified Christ. When we love the world, when we love those who are close to us, uh, it's not necessarily politically correct. Because love, according to Thomas Aquinas, is to will the good of another, to will the eternal good of another. But the cultural expectation wants us to ignore the eternal good and to allow the temporal happiness of another. True love lovingly invites another person into relationship with their maker. So this Christmas season, forgive those who have offended you. Love one another, walk in the light of Christ, and be prepared for a sword to pierce your own soul as well. When we come back, we've got a beautiful homily from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Come, let us adore him. Glad you stuck with us through the break. We've got a great homily from St. Bernard of Clairvaux coming right up. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. You know, sometimes I think that we don't really understand what we're saying when we sing those words. They're, they're so familiar to us. I mean, we've, we've sung them from the time that we were able to form words. Like three or four years old, we were singing that song around Christmas time. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And, and maybe, uh, maybe we never came to a full understanding of what those words meant. And then, you know, you get so comfortable with words and familiar with them that uh, sometimes their full meaning escapes you. I, I know that happens for me. Uh, there are times where I'm, I'm positive I know what a word means, and maybe I've got kind of an understanding or a, a basic uh, understanding of the thrust of a word, and, and then someone uses it or I read it somewhere, and it, it makes no sense in the sentence based on what I think that word means. And so I go look it up, and wow, what do you know? That's completely different. Uh, and I, I think that sometimes that's how we are with these things that are so familiar to us, these songs that we sing. Um, I'm reminded of a movie. It's one of those old buddy cop movies from the uh, maybe early 2000s uh, with Jackie Chan in it. It's called Rush Hour. And I'm not suggesting you go watch that movie, but it was it was humorous enough. But uh, one of the lines in that movie, um, the Chinese person is speaking with, uh, with his buddy cop partner and uh, or rather not speaking as the case is. And, and the buddy cop says, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And I think sometimes we don't understand the words that are coming out of our own mouths. Uh, so for instance, we have this idea of uh, Christ the Lord as just another title for Jesus. And, and it, you know, it's Christ the Lord. There you go. It's, there you go. It's Christ the Lord. Okay. What more do you need to know? Well, Christ is the Greek word uh, translation for Messiah, Uh, and Messiah is the Lord's anointed. Uh, It's the Savior. And so here we have first this Savior title. Christ is not Jesus' name. It's a title. Uh, And so here we have Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, Christ the Lord. What's Lord mean? Uh, Well, we say it in church a lot. Well, Lord, uh, according to Merriam-Webster... Uh, This is the the first definition, one having power or authority over others. The sub-definition under that is a ruler by hereditary right or preeminence to whom service and obedience are due. So Lord really is a royal term. It's one that we don't really understand here very well in in America because uh, our concept of leadership and government comes from our representative democracy. And so sometimes we forget that the church is not a democracy. The church is a kingdom, the kingdom of God, uh, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, stewarded by his apostles and their successors. So as we sing songs like, O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord, 
I really encourage you to reflect a little bit more deeply this year on what does it mean for Christ to be the Lord? What does it mean for him to be the Lord of the church? What does it mean for him to be the Lord of my life? And how do I give my allegiance to God in Christ and to his kingdom? They're not easy things to reflect on, and there certainly are no quick and easy answers. But for now, let's go ahead and read a beautiful sermon by St. Bernard of Clairvaux. This is Sermon 1 from Epiphania Domini. The goodness and humanity of God our Savior have appeared in our midst. We thank God for the many consolations he has given us during this sad exile of our pilgrimage here on earth. Before the Son of God became man, his goodness was hidden. For God's mercy is eternal, but how could such goodness be recognized? It was promised, but it was not experienced. And as a result, few have believed in it. Often, and in many ways, the Lord used to speak through the prophets. Among other things, God said, I think thoughts of peace and not affliction. But what did men respond, thinking thoughts of affliction and knowing nothing of peace? They said, Peace, peace, there is no peace. This response made the angels of peace weep bitterly, saying, Lord, who has believed our message? But now men believe because they see with their own eyes, and because God's testimony has now become even more credible. He has gone so far as to pitch his tent in the sun, so even the dimmest eyes see him. Notice that peace is not promised, but sent to us. It is no longer deferred, it is given. Peace is not prophesied, but achieved. It is as if God the Father sent upon the earth a purse full of his mercy. The purse was burst open during the Lord's passion to pour forth its hidden contents, the price of our redemption. It was only a small purse, but it was very full. As the scriptures tell us, a little child has been given to us, but in him dwells all the fullness of the divine nature. The fullness of time brought with it the fullness of divinity. God's Son came in the flesh so that mortal men could see and recognize God's kindness. When God reveals his humanity, his goodness cannot possibly remain hidden. To show his kindness, what more could he do beyond taking my human form? My humanity, I say, not Adam's, that is, not such as he had before his fall. How could he have shown his mercy more clearly than by taking on himself our condition? For our sake, the word of God became as grass. What better proof could he have given of his love? Scripture says, Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him? Why does your heart go out to him? The Incarnation teaches us how much God cares for us and what he thinks and feels about us. We should stop thinking of our own sufferings and remember what he has suffered. Let us think of all the Lord has done for us, and then we shall realize how his goodness appears through his humanity. The lesser he became through his human nature, the greater was his goodness. The more he lowered himself for me, the dearer he is to me. The goodness and humanity of God our Savior have appeared, says the Apostle. Truly great and manifest are the goodness and the humanity of God. He has given us a most wonderful proof of his goodness 
by adding humanity to his own divine nature. This sermon of St. Bernard's lines up so perfectly with the poem by Walt Wangren Jr. about Christ coming to us and showing us his goodness in humanity, uh, set to music and versified by Andy Gullihorn. Uh, we played it for you a couple of weeks ago, but I want to play it for you again as we go into our break. At the end of this run-down tenement hall It's the room of a girl I know Who cowers behind all the deadbolt locks Afraid of the outside world So how should I come to the one I love? I will find a way Many thieves and collectors have used that door But they only brought her shame So she won't even open it anymore Still I will find a way I could call out her name with love through the walls But condemnation's all she hears I could break down the door, take her into my arms she might die from the fear So how should I come to the water? I will find a way I will find a way How should I come to the water? I will find a way No hiding her safe so she hides inside herself now to reach her heart the only way is to hide in there as well I will hide in there as well she gave up on love waiting for a change Change is coming soon Cause how could she not love the helpless babe That is waking in her womb Oh, I found a way I found a way She'll know I am coming before I am here When she hangs her head, she'll see me there when I come, she will not turn away All the beauty and joy will return to her face And what of that loneliness now it is gone Lost in the bond of a mother and son Every sin that she suffered at the hands of men Every single disgrace will be washed clean again I will love her completely I'm coming among you, and my name shall be Emmanuel. 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 You're listening to 
Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, and Broken Arrow. Girls yelling on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, our Jesus Christ is born. Our Jesus Christ is born. Our Jesus Christ is born. Now what are you going to do about it, right? Now we've finished uh, the celebration of Christmas Day. We're in the middle of the octave of Christmas. We've uh, had all of our special masses. We've had all our special celebrations with family and with friends. Is it over? What difference has it made? Well, Christ has come. Emmanuel. Not the promise of peace, but the, the delivery of peace. Christ, our peace, has come, and it should make a difference. It should make a difference for the rest of the year uh, in how we interact with those around us. If we really mean what we've said, that Christmas is more than the packages, it's more than the twinkly lights, but that it is the celebration of Christ coming to earth, taking on human flesh, and providing the redemption of man to reconcile us to God the Father, then it should make a difference beyond these uh, 12 days. It should make a difference in our uh, attitudes and, and in the way that we handle stress and in the way that we forgive one another when we've been offended. Uh, that's how people know that Christmas really is something special, that Christianity and that Christ really is something special. As St. Bernard of Clairvaux said, it's when goodness is embodied that God's goodness becomes seen. And first it was embodied in Christ, but then Christ's goodness is now supposed to be embodied in us. As our first reading told us, whoever claims to abide in Christ ought to walk just as he walked. And so as we step outside the walls of our own expectations, as we realize that not only are we to step outside the walls of our churches to reach out to those on the fringes, but we're to step out even of our own expectations and patterns of behavior to love those who we have direct contact with. That's what Christmas is about. It's about breaking into the world, making the love of God manifest in Christ, and then we, his disciples, having Christ's love being made manifest in us to those around us. And the opportunities for this are manifold. Uh, you could volunteer. You can volunteer at Catholic Charities or to, to uh, other organizations here in town that help those who are in need. But you can also just change the way that you behave towards the people who are directly around you. Uh, they, they would be absolutely probably shocked and surprised if we were to really be perfected in love. Uh, and that makes a difference. That's the kind of life that leads people to ask questions. And when people ask questions, that's when we have the opportunity to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within us. So I hope that you would have a Christmas resolution. I would say a New Year's resolution, but really that's the last day of the octave of Christmas, so you might as well just make it your Christmas resolution. Uh, it's, it's a little bit better there anyway, because it's a resolution made because of the power of the incarnation of Christ, rather than just a resolution that we make because the calendar flips over. So what's your Christmas resolution going to be? 
why don't you tell me on our uh, social media? You can find that on facebook.com slash step outside the walls, or you can go to Twitter. Our handle there is at outside the walls, and you can tell me what your Christmas resolution is going to be. Just give it the hashtag Christmas resolution. And we will uh, we'll give something away. I don't know what we're going to give away yet. I've got lots of CDs here still from Matthew Kelly and a couple music CDs that you may be interested in. But go ahead and fill that out. We also still have the drawing going on for Sister Teresa Alethea's book, The Prodigal You Love. Uh, you can find that on our social media as well. And then keep up with us on the blog. We're starting to put some stuff up there at stmichaelradio.com. That's stmichaelradio.com. Up in the blog section, there's a little drop-down menu, and you just select Outside the Walls and see what we're saying there. And you can join that conversation as well there in the comments. Now, one last thing, and I'll say this until the deadline comes. We're going to Philadelphia in September uh, to go see Pope Francis as he comes for the World Meeting of Families. And we're taking two buses there. Uh, We need to fill them up. There's a link on our Facebook and on our blog for more information about that trip. Certainly hope that you can make it. That's all the time we have for the show today. I'm going to leave you with a rendition of Go Tell It on the Mountain from Branches, branchesmusic.com. They've been so kind to let us use their music on our show this holiday season. So go take a look at them. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, our Jesus Christ is born.